you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 157 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, the baseball season could be over tonight with a Dodger win, so let's look at game six, and I also have a preview of Aram Layton's interview with Jesus Luzardo that he did for the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, so stick around to hear that. But before I get too far into the show, I have to tell you that today's episode is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And as always, before we get into the show, make sure you follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Before I talk about the World Series, though, I know that that's what I said. I have one quick, quick thing, uh, and that's that I wanted to note that on yesterday's pod, I quoted Susan Slusser of The Chronicle saying that the A's had let go of around 60 employees or so from the marketing and ticket sales department. But today I read in The Athletic that that number of employees being fired is actually close to 150. And if you listened to yesterday's episode, you heard my takes on them letting go of 60. So just multiply that by like two and a half. And uh, that's my take for this right here. I just wanted to make that correction off the top. Make sure that you guys were getting the correct information from the Lockdown A's podcast. So uh, that's that. But let's go on and talk about tonight's game six of the World Series. Baseball season is close to being over no matter who wins tonight. And that's uh, that's sad. But at the same time, we're getting closer to A's baseball. So I guess that's a plus. Uh, throwing for the Tampa Bay Rays is going to be Blake Snell. And Tony Gonsolin is going to be going for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Both starters have already pitched in this series. So the adjustments made by the batters and the different looks from each pitcher are going to be an intriguing storyline, I would say. Uh, and even though Tony Gonsolin's not going to be going too deep into this game, it's going to be a bullpen game for the Dodgers, which I'll talk about that strategy here in a minute, because uh, sure, I guess. Uh, but let's start with Blake Snell. In his game two start, he went four and two thirds innings. He gave up two hits, two earned, walked four, and struck out nine. And until the fifth inning, Snell really hadn't gotten into trouble outside of a pair of walks in the second inning. So uh, the first, third, and fourth were all smooth sailing for Blake Snell. Uh, I'm expecting a little bit more of that in this game, if I'm being honest. Maybe he'll earn their moniker Big Game Blake or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Because uh, who doesn't love a good nickname? Especially when it actually works. Not like Big Game James, because uh, that one, not true. You do not trade James Shields for Fernando Tate. Tatis Jr. under any circumstances. I don't care what they are. That was a terrible trade, and he is not a big game pitcher. The end. Anyways, uh, base, uh, let's go back to Blake Snell here. The fifth inning was not good for him. He uh, recorded the first two outs of the inning, getting Bellinger to ground out and then Pollock to strike out, and then he walked Kike Hernandez and then gave up a two-run homer to Chris Taylor. So that's where the two runs came in, and uh, you know, walks definitely hurt him on that one. He also walked Mookie Betts right after that. Uh, he got a mound visit after the Betts walk and then he gave up a single to Corey Seager, and all of a sudden, his night's over. 
So that's how quick Kevin Cash's hook was in game two of this series. Imagine how quick it'll be in game six if there's any faltering whatsoever. His bullpen's rested, ready to go, stable. They're chomping at the bit. Whatever stables do, I don't know much about horses, but they're probably neighing a whole bunch and uh, ready to throw some 98 mile an hour fastballs. So uh, that stable is probably going to be used a heavy amount in game six and if necessary, game seven. Uh, that was the beginning of the third time through the order for Blake Snell, though, and uh, that is the key for the Rays in their pitching philosophy, is don't let the, anybody face batters the third time through the order. So, uh, yeah, four, four and two thirds innings, that's all he's going to get. Um, maybe if he limits the walks a little bit more, he can go all five, but uh, if he's struggling, they're going to take him out after two. I don't care. Uh, that's just how this game's going to go. There's going to be a lot of pitching changes, so get ready. Uh, find a comfy seat, get some snacks, and uh, enjoy this seven-hour baseball game because it's going to be thrilling. And if I was going to put on my analyst hat for just a minute and uh, you know tell Blake Snell what to do in this game as opposed to game two, that'd be uh, limit the walks and don't give up a home run. That's my uh, that's my analysis for his start in game six here on Tuesday. Uh, don't do the bad things. Do more of the good things. Go Blake Snell. Um, yeah, I, I think that he's going to probably give you five if he can limit the walks. And he looked good other than that one home run. He looked okay. So uh, as long as he doesn't, as long as the Dodgers haven't figured him out or he's not tipping his pitches or anything like that, he should be good to go at least a few innings. So maybe it'll be a six-hour game. Who knows? Uh, on the other hand, we got Tony Gonsolin over here. He threw 29 pitches in his Game 2 appearance and gave up a solo homer to Brandon Lau in the first inning. That was the second batter of the first, you know, the second batter of the game. Um, he lasted just one in the third innings in a bullpen game. Tuesday looks like it'll be another bullpen game for the Dodgers with every pitcher on the Dodger roster available to throw outside of game seven, seven starter, likely game seven. It's the game seven starter. It's Walker Bueller. He's got one in game seven. If there's a game seven, so they're going to save him and uh, keep him on regular rest. Uh, get that blister nice and healed. If it can, uh, blisters are weird and finicky and terrible. So, uh, Screw you, blister. Shots fired. Anyways, everybody's going in this game except for uh, him and then uh, Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw. Uh, those guys are not going. They just pitched over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, so they're not available in this capacity. Maybe they'll probably be available in Game 7 if there is a Game 7. So that's the plan to victory that the Dodgers are going with in Game 6. Obviously, they'd love to avoid a Game 7. With Walker Bueller being their starter in Game 7, going against Charlie F. and Morton, uh, it's, it'd be a classic, and I really want to watch it. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting game at the very least. So I'm rooting for Game 7. Not shots fired at the Dodgers or anything. I just want more baseball is all. And I do think that the decision to go with a bullpen game here for the Dodgers is an interesting one. If it works out, L.A. can win the series in six. It'll look like a great plan because uh, usually if you win the game, everything that you do looks great. If you lose the game, you look like a fool. So hopefully Dave Roberts doesn't end up looking like a fool for this one. Uh, it, it was probably the front office anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, but if they use all of their top relievers in game six trying to get this win and that does not do it for them, then all of a sudden game seven are you relying on Urias and uh, Clayton Kershaw as your main two guys out of the bullpen? I don't know that I like that strategy whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, game sevens are weird. You Remember game four, how that one ended? 
weird stuff happens in playoff games, and if you want to just leave this one up to chance, that's crazy. Also, Walker Bueller's been dealing with his blister issue. What if that pops up again and you get, you know, uh, like the, the Trevor Bauer drone incident where he was bleeding all over himself? He chose the blue jersey so that blood wouldn't show up on it as much. What if that happens in Game 7? Then you lose your starter and you're relying on uh, two other starters who just pitched a couple of days ago to get you through this game and lead you to victory. I... I Things happen in Game 7s, and I don't know that they, this is the best plan to set yourself up for it uh, with a guy with a blister going as your starter. So uh, it's an interesting choice. We'll see if it pays off. But regardless, I am very excited for Game 6. There are so many different ways this one can go. If one team uses their bullpen too much, does that come into play in Game 7? If there is a Game 7, there is so much at play here, and uh, it's going to be fun watching this one unfold before our eyes. Um, but before I send it to break, I do want to uh, bring up just a little bit of Kevin Cash's managerial decisiveness. It has been uh, not awe-inspiring. It's been impressive. And maybe I just don't pay attention enough to what managers do enough, but uh, his decisiveness is crazy to me. Uh, not like crazy like a fox, like in the best way possible. Uh, I've seen him do this one move a couple of times, and I've been like, ah, that, that, that's some good managing right there. Uh, he will pinch hit G-Man Choi to get a matchup that he wants, and then the opposing manager will bring in a lefty to face Choi, and then Cash just gets another bat off the bench, another righty. He's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put uh, Brousseau here instead. And then he still gets the matchup that he wants, and probably the reliever that he wanted anyway. So it's just, it, he's playing chess out there, and it's fantastic to watch um in game five he made the move to to Choi, and then dave roberts countered that with victor gonzalez who is probably the guy that you want to face if you're the rays right now and i know that victor gonzalez got out of the inning that's indisputable that happened but in game one he allowed both of his inherited runners to score and the only way that he got out of the inning was a screamer off of mike zanino's bat at 105.6 miles per hour that turned into a double play because it found Gonzalez's glove somehow. And, uh, you know, lucky play. It, it, it wasn't lucky. It was just hit too high. I, I don't know. I don't know how he made the play, but, you know, kudos to him for getting at that inning. And also the inning that he was put into in game five. Those were not the matchups that Dave Roberts wanted. He got to face Brusso and uh, Randy Rosarena. I'm sure that Kevin Cash would take those matchups every single game if he could. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because uh, usually these uh, moves happen when there is a lefty starter and the Dodgers are not starting a lefty. So it'll be interesting to see how this could come to fruition, how he could set up his bets and somehow get like Joe Kelly into the game or something like that and then screw everything up for uh, Dave Roberts. Uh, he's doing a hell of a job over there on the race sideline. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun to watch. So keep your eyes out for everything that he's doing, as well as everything else that I mentioned uh, in the previous 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is game six. It's going to be lots of fun. Make sure you tune in. I think it's at five o'clock on Fox, like it has been uh, for all of the other games. Uh, check your local listings. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, coming up on the show, I have a preview of Arm Layton's interview with Jesus Luzardo. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I'll be right back. Today's episode of Locked On A's is brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose 
choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. That is locked on, uh, two words. Uh, they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to our mailbag at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to send it to Arm's interview with Jesus Luzardo in just one minute. But before I do, I'm, I, I want to reach out to you guys. I'm curious what you'd like to hear on the show in the months to come. There is a lot of content to be filled, and I have ideas, but I don't want them to get stale either. So I'm looking for some feedback from you guys. What do you want to hear? I, I've got some uh, Ace History lessons that I want to do. Uh, i got to look some stuff up, so those take a little bit more time to get going. And uh, I don't want to do those in the middle of the off-season transaction period, so those are probably like a January thing that I will be doing. And I'll be doing mailbags and, you know, talking about the A's offseason and all that stuff. Uh, most of my plans right now are just constructing, or you know, not constructing, uh, filling the holes that the A's have in, on their 2021 roster with, uh, you know, trades and free agents and all that stuff. That's my plan for right now. But if there's something else that you want to break up that monotony with, uh, let me know what it is. Because uh, after day 100 of, uh, I don't know, maybe the A's should go after this guy, uh, it's going to be less relevant and less likely and uh, less exciting. So let me know what other things you would like me to talk about and I will do that. I will do the research. I will make it fun. I will make it interesting. I will be me talking about whatever you want me to talk about. So uh, yeah, just let me know what you guys want to hear about. I'm going to be looking to set up some interviews as often as I can, but I don't want to rely on suckering interesting people in very often. Uh, so I, I don't want to rely on that as a crutch. So just let me know what ideas you guys have. What do you guys want to hear on Locked on A's going forward? Because we have Roughly five months of uh, of time before the season starts. Uh, and I know that things will pick up once, you know, January, February start hitting and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, what do you guys want to hear in the next few months? Let me know. You can tweet them to me. You can DM them to me. You can email them to me. It does not matter how you get them to me. The world is your oyster. Just send me your ideas and I will make them come to life on this show. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely give you guys credit on the show, too. So, uh, yeah, that's what's coming up in the future is whatever you tell me to do. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of the future, though, Arm Layton of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast snagged Jesus Luzardo. They went to high school together, so he used his connections to lend some sit-down time with arguably the A's ace moving forward. In the snippet I'm going to play, Luzardo talks about how he was locked in for his three-inning appearance out of the bullpen in the 2019 wildcard game. There's a lot more to this interview that is on his podcast feed. I will leave a link to the show in my show notes, so you can just hit the link there and listen to the whole interview. It's two parts, so you're only getting a very quick snippet of this interview. And I'm just going to hit the outro music when this interview snippet is over. So have a great Tuesday, everybody. Enjoy watching Game 6. Uh, stay indoors. Celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm very curious. When you first made your, your first postseason debut, which was in that wild card game last year, and you had only pitched a dozen innings roughly in the major leagues, and it's a winner-take-all wild card game, I'm sure you, you knew that there was a chance you'd be coming out of the pen. But you end up coming out – throwing three shutout innings and 
just throwing seeds up there. I mean, you hit tri- triple digits a couple times as you talk about the adrenaline and stuff. But did you expect to come out of the bullpen and have to go three innings in that winner-take-all wildcard game? Talk about being on standby. I mean, that's as much of a standby situation that you can be in. And you rose to the occasion. But did you have any idea that you might have to throw three innings in that wildcard game? In the uh, well, so leading up to that, that leading up to that day, I had no idea. Um, you know, being a rookie, I didn't really, didn't really know where I stood in terms of you know if I was going to get in there or not. Uh, I was kind of lucky, I would say, that Bo Mel came up to me and he told me, uh, you know, look, we're we're planning on getting you in there. Um, you know, just be ready. So that kind of kept me on my toes and. Uh, I'm not like I wouldn't have been in the game anyways because of, you know, big game like that. Your, your head's in the game the whole time. But especially when he told me that, it helped me, you know, kind of stay locked in the whole game and, and kind of mentally prepare for what was to come. I didn't know the three innings, though. So the three innings, for me, it was just once I grabbed the ball and I was just prepared to go whatever they needed me to go. Yeah, what was that experience like? Because, again, you would just barely pitch in the major leagues, and now you're on this massive stage, packed stadium, winner take all, and you're just on the mound. It's all you right there. You know, that, that game rides on you. What was that feeling like as your team of pretty much grown men, you know, guys that have – some of them have probably played their whole career trying to get to the postseason all this, and you just get there and all of a sudden you're right into the postseason – how did that feel and how did you navigate that kind of uh, excitement, adrenaline and nerves? Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of hit it on the head. It's all excitement, adrenaline and nerves. But uh, once you get that first strike in, at least for me, getting that first strike is huge. And then just getting the first out. Once I get the first out, uh, whether it's a start or a leaf appearance, um, you know, it kind of it kind of makes it easier. And the first out's always the toughest out. But once I got that, uh, you know, I kind of forgot about all the fans in the in the stadium and all, you know, all the noise going on and all the all the distractions, I guess you could say, uh, kind of just blacked out in that moment. And I just locked in. And uh, for me, that's that's the way I picture it. I don't remember hearing anything, seeing anything. I remember once I got taken out, I kind of embraced the moment. But before that, I, you know, in my head, it was just kind of me, the catcher and the and the hitter. As cheesy as that sounds, because a lot of people say that all the time. And, uh, but I mean, it's true. I think that that really does happen when you lock in. 